Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. You belong here. Amen? (laughs) You belong right here in the chair that you're sitting, and here's a place where you can belong. If you're visiting, you belong here. We'll just say that unashamedly. Uh, This is a great group of people to go to heaven with. They're all perfect. Never demonstrate poor attitude. Never get challenged in their faith and feel like any bit of a zero. They're always heroes, always coming through. Right? No. No, this is a church of people, which means they struggle. They're going after Jesus with everything in their heart and feeling like the Apostle Paul at times. Those things that I would, that's what I don't do. And the things that I should be doing, that's what I'm not. And who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, I've got great news for people like that. Jesus the Christ. He will deliver us. He will cause us to triumph. He will bring us through to victory. That's that's truth. That's gospel. It's biblical. And I'm going to preach to you this morning a message entitled is the the month of love. We're closing out. Now we're going to keep loving after February, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, keep loving. Keep the love on. It's not just for one month. Some of you thought it was just for one day. I thought it was just February 14th was the day devoted to love. No, it's the day devoted to focusing on it. Then let the other 364 feel the effects of the change i want to talk to you about tingles testing and triumph tingles testing and triumph how many of you ever sat wrong on your your leg or something and then got up and felt the tingle you felt the tingle it's a sign of life returning you have cut off some blood flow you've cut off some nerve energy and then when you resituate yourself what do you feel a tingle now, it's, it's good and bad at the same time. How many of you can testify to that? Can you imagine those people that have been paralyzed when Jesus touched them for the first time, they felt a tingle. They felt the touch of grace. They felt something that moved them. Now, if we're not careful, we Western Christians want to just be people of the intelligence, people of the brain, people of the mind, and we want to love the Lord our God with all of our mind with all of our thinking, and we can handle these things intelligently, but aren't you glad he didn't leave our whole being out? But this is something that has to do with the tingle. Now, oftentimes following the tingle is a test. You have to make sure you can walk on that leg. Those people that felt the tingle of the healing of Jesus tested out those legs, and they ended up walking and leaping and praising God, dancing in the temple and shouting, They felt something touch them, and they were strengthened. The woman with the issue of blood, I believe she felt a tingle. She felt something substantial, physical, that she could respond to. They felt something, a witness within them, and they even felt something physical happen. Tingles, testing. How many of you have gone all day without hearing that word? Pastor, that's a school word. That should be used Monday through Friday. It should never enter into our vocabulary on Saturday and Sunday. It's the weekend after all. But we can't deal with those unless we also deal with testing. And then after the testing, triumph, victory, win. Come through the test 
to the triumph. And so as we talk about reigniting our passion for God, we need to realize that our passion for God is rooted in all three of these. Every married couple know what it's like to move from the high heights of dating courtship and newlywed days and then go through the tests of life. But I've got some great news for you. You can cycle back to the tingles. Amen? Every couple knows what the tingles are. Tingles will have you writing on your notebook in high school, taking the eraser of your pencil and taking off the color of your notebook as you put so-and-so loves so-and-so. Then later you see permanent marker over that. What's happening there? Somebody's rethought something. The tingle has gone away for somebody, and suddenly uh, that's not happening. Maybe the cover of the notebook's ripped off or the book cover's changed out because of all of the, the glitter and all the things in the writing things have changed and our hearts are fickle aren't they our heart the bible tells us the heart is fickle but it's in our heart in our spirit that we experience god with a tingle some people want to eliminate tingly christianity but i'm here to tell you this morning i'm here to promote tingly christianity if we're going to have a passion for god we need to have a tingle in our spirit We need to have a witness in our spirit. We need to have a move in our spirit. We need to have vitality in our spirit. We need to have something happen in the depths of us that is real and substantial that we can mark back and say, that's when I felt the tingle. That's when I felt the move. We do that with our relationships. Isn't that interesting? But we want to exclude it from our relationship with God. I'm here to tell you I'm for the tingles. And I wish, I'm here to further testify that I wish that all we had was tingles all the time. Wouldn't church be fun? If it was miracles all the time, tingles all the time, manifestation of the angels, hearing the voice of God live and in person, it would be terrifying and tingly all at the same time, and sign me up. I'd like that. But there's another aspect to it, and it's testing. It's testing. Something has happened with the tingles, and now something needs to be tested because of those. And it needs to be rooted deep within us in a transformative way so that we can move to the triumph. And I'm here to tell you, all three of them are necessary. And I'm praying that in this room, before we leave, somebody will get the tingles. Somebody will get that they're in a test. And somebody will realize it's all about a triumph. It's all about a victory, and it all works together. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. But God's grace brings about the tingles. God's grace necessitates the test, and God's grace leads us through to our triumph. And His grace is present in each of those places. If we're not careful... We receive a touch of grace, and we do so in an empty or vain manner. What does that mean? Not to the end to which it is determined. Not to the end to which God is pointing. Not carrying it through to its conclusion that he wants all three of these things to happen. And so how many of you just want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Just want to cooperate with God? Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap if you're in the cooperation business this morning. So grace, though, is often misunderstood. I've shared this with you many times, that mercy and grace often are exchanged like they're synonyms. They're close cousins, but they're not synonyms. 
Where you find mercy, grace is bound to also appear. But mercy is not grace, and grace is not mercy. Mercy is receiving what you don't deserve from God. Getting another chance, even though you don't deserve it. Even though you have sinned 70 times, 7 times, the very same sin, that we can still go to Him and say, Lord, I hear you're in the forgiving business, and I need forgiveness. And He says, I am merciful, so I will extend my mercy to you, and I will grant you forgiveness. But grace is doing something for us we could never do for ourselves. Think of it this way. A policeman pulls you over and notifies you that on his bright, shiny object hanging from his mirror, the number, the digits 85 had been recorded. When the sign clearly says 70, somebody's got a 15-mile-an-hour difference, and it's probably not the officer. So you say, you're right, officer. I wasn't paying attention. I was just moving with traffic. You don't say, what are you doing molesting me, a good person, when you have all these other miscreants out here going faster than I was? No, you say, you're right, officer. I was not paying attention. I was just moving with traffic, and I'm sorry. I, I apologize. And then the officer says, okay, I'll tell you what. This is your warning. Have a great day. How many of you just saw that ka-ching that increase in insurance go away, ka-ching, that price that you had to pay for that lawyer or down there for the ticket, or the I'm going to be good class that you had to go to and do driver's training over. You see that all go away and you go, oh, what is that? Mercy. Thank you, officer, for your mercy. You could have, you could have thrown the book at me, but instead you demonstrated mercy. Thank you so much. And then how do you respond to mercy? Keep the speed down. But what does grace do? Grace is the officer pulling you over, telling you you did 85 and a 70, writing you a ticket, asking you to follow him to the courthouse, and then going up the steps of the courthouse with your ticket, reaching in his wallet, pulling out his $250, and paying your fine. That's grace. Grace is the resources of God walking with you and taking somebody who doesn't deserve his mercy, but doing one better, taking you and changing you and transforming you, equipping you, giving you the resources, putting the money in your bank, putting the clothes on your back, and changing you from the inside out. Would you give the Lord a hand clap? So law is fulfilled and exceeded by grace. The law can't do that, but grace can. The Christian's works... And what we do with our life is an outflow of grace. So here's the game. Here's what it's all about. Here's what the Christian life is in a nutshell. Is God presenting to you His grace and letting you know He loves you and He cares for you and, yes, giving you a tingle, but then taking you and confronting you with a test that will take that stuff which is largely on the outside and put it on the inside, transform your nature, adopt you into his family so that you can reflect the image of his son, look just like his family, and then become part of his ambitious plan for the world, and that is to reconcile lost people to him. Hallelujah. That's what grace is about. It's the tingles, yes. It's the testing, yes. It's the triumph. And let's... Let's have all three. How many of you want to have all three? Uh, let's be honest now. Some of us are saying, more tingles, Lord. As a pastor, I say for Vision Church, 
Lord, more tingles. These people need to experience you and sense your love and sense your presence. You need to feel the hair stand up on the back of your neck. You need to feel that sense of the entering of the presence of the Almighty God. And we're, we're setting a course to do that here at Vision Church. But that can't be enough. Let's also put our shoulder to the test and recognize that we're going to be opposed and go through testing and we're going to do so and we're going to study to show ourselves approved and we're going to submit ourselves unto God and we're going to go through to the end of the test. Amen? And then we're going to see that triumph. We're going to see something from heaven imparted into our life. We're going to see something from heaven imparted into our physical expression. Something come into our church that we know has been downloaded. And it's not here to merely stay for a moment, but it is here to stay, to reside, to abide, to anoint, to lay upon us. So, we have a great story that we find in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And I want to lay these out before you in the life of David. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Talk about giving you tingles. Saul, the tallest man in his tribe, handsome and humble. Wow, that's hard to find, isn't it? That's refreshing. Somebody who's handsome, strong, and humble. And then is anointed. Talk about feeling the tingles. Read the story. Go home and read it sometime. There were some tingles there. There were some major tingles there. There were some amazing expressions of God's mysterious grace, unfolding mysteries, telling them that that the donkeys he went to find were found, laying before him a new destiny, a new course, and then anointing him with the Holy Spirit of God, assuring him of the abiding presence upon his life. He even prophesies with the prophets. Talk about tingly. It's like three chapters of tingles. And then begins the what? The test. We can just say it this short. Saul failed the test. It was not a test designed to tempt him and to move him into evil. It was a test designed to take him to a triumphant level and establish a kingdom in his hand. But he took his eyes off the prize. He looked too much at the tingle and not enough at the test. He found himself failing and so now we see rejection and the lord speaks to samuel who had anointed saul and he says fill your horn with oil and be on your way i'm sending you to jesse of bethlehem i have chosen one of his sons to be king god had a plan doesn't he he always has a plan and he has a plan for you he has a plan for me he has a plan for our church and it is a plan of triumph It is a plan of arrival. It is a plan of pressing into the kingdom. It is a plan of provision. It is a plan of grace. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Now, how did David know he had the power? He had the tingle. And there were things that happened because of the power of God that was abiding upon David, that David could say, that's not David, that's not me, that's not my strength, that's not my ability, 
There is someone with me. There is a grace upon my life, and it is here to accomplish something on God's behalf in me. Let me tell you what that is. It's His grace. Talk about tingles. The anointing for the kingship. The slaying of a lion and a bear. The slaying of Goliath of Gath. You know the story. A little boy named David, three stones, a sling. The slaying of Goliath of Gath. And the song of the people was now being sung all over the kingdom. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. There were banners made. There were guys painting their body and putting letters on their chest. David. Talk about fanatics. They were rejoicing because their great enemy had been defeated. Goliath was gone. The Philistines were defeated. They had been run off. And now the people are feeling the tingles. Can you feel the tingles there? When I share that story of triumph, you you get all tingly. Oh, God, do it again. God, let's see a Goliath go down. Let's hear the voices of mourning turned into voices of praise. Let's have it. Amen? But how about us? Do we get the tingles? Do we have some tingles? How about the believer's early experiences? If you're listening here or here in the room and you're a believer, then you know what it's like to first come to belief. You know what it's first like to come to faith. And what happens? You receive that gift of salvation. It dawns on your heart and you're born again. Let me tell you what it is. It's glorious. It's glorious. When a person is born again, they don't go, what's next? People go, wow, did you know God can do that? Wow, all of a sudden the grass is greener, the air is cleaner, and people I see are different. People in my family I see differently. Why? Because the gift of salvation has been birthed in you, you have been born again, and now you you who were dead in trespasses and sins, you now are alive, and you feel the tingle. How many of you have felt that tingle? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. The baptism of water. It's glorious. I've had the privilege of taking Valerie with in front of you to a swimming pool and her professing her faith in Christ and being baptized in that Holy Spirit, in that uh, swimming pool. And I'll tell you what, I got a tingle. Why? Because somebody was in obedience to the Lord and it wasn't just swimming pool water and it wasn't just the swimming pool behind a, a group of people from our church it wasn't just on el rancho del trevinos that somehow was transformed by the presence of the holy spirit when somebody said yes i say yes to jesus and i am unashamed and publicly is dunked i had the privilege and the opportunity right here at this side or that side i remember david we rigged it up over here wasn't warm enough let me tell you david felt the tingles he had an after effect of tingles when does the feeling return to my toes right but when he was plunged beneath those waters no matter how cold they were at that moment something happened The angels took notice of it. The people of Vision Church took notice of it. And beyond the temperature of that water, there was a tingle. There was a sense of, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. 
And I felt it, David felt it, and you felt it too. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is glorious. When people tarry and focus and open their heart and they go to an encounter weekend or they spend time around an altar or they sit beside their couch and they open the scriptures and say i want all that you have for me lord and they are finally open and receptive and they are baptized in the holy spirit it's glorious how many of you remember when you were baptized in the holy spirit i was 11 on the front porch of an ohio farmhouse it was the most glorious one hour I had ever spent in prayer up until that point in time. I got the tingles because I was baptized. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's glorious. The revelation of the Holy Spirit showing you his gifts and calling is glorious. When a scripture is highlighted and jumps off the page at you by the hand of the Holy Spirit, that's glorious. When somebody says, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just felt like I had to share this with you, that's glorious. When somebody encourages you, that's glorious. When somebody serves in technology, when they serve in hospitality, when they serve in preaching or teaching, or however it is that they serve in the body of Christ, it's an ongoing tingle. It's glorious. And that's what we have as a believer. Now we move to the test. Some saints of God were always well-intentioned about this. They knew that God was given a tingle. We were young people in an altar, and they knew that God was doing something in our spirit, and we were having something glorious go on, and it was tingly. It was exciting. It was wonderful. And every one of us in this room want to revisit from time to time that tingle. Amen? You know the Holy Spirit can help you do that. We can't live there. We have to go on from there. But how many of you know it's nice to go back and receive that witness, that tingle? Many of them are well-intentioned, and they would immediately say, Now you know, boys, the devil's put a target on your back. You've just experienced something from God, and so this next week, he's going to fight you tooth and toenail. He's going to try to rob that from you. And we were sitting there going, Well, what they had to say was right. But they kind of rained on our parade. They didn't join us in the tingles and say, this is wonderful, this is awesome, this is God. And let me tell you what else is God. And that is taking this with you out there. Taking this to your school. Taking this to your job. How many of you know uh, there's not very many uh, tingles at work? at least in a positive way, Holy Spirit witness. Take this with you and recognize it is going to be opposed, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Wow, they could have just done a little bit better job on that. I think we would have squared our shoulders back a little bit more and said, okay, not everybody's going to be supportive of our tingles. Some are not going to think that that can really happen. But we know what's happened We've had an encounter with God. Now, how can I, Lord, how can I take this encounter with you and make it transmissible to some other people? Because your grace, you want to touch other people's lives. You want to bear witness in other people's spirit. And we become then convinced that he wants to do this not only in us, but in everyone. But we have to endure what? Test. 
Listen to what James has to say in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Testing is the faith challenge. Tingles are an affirmation of the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And remembering that joy and getting back to that joy is part of that potion of our love with the Lord and our passion for the Lord that we can continue to, from time to time, experience that witness of the Holy Spirit, that tingle, that manifestation of His glory and grace upon our life, realizing that we need it because now we're heading into a faith challenge. Testing. Everybody say testing. Every student's favorite word. And if you're a disciple, what does that make you? A student. A student of the Lord Jesus Christ. Studying the life of Christ and asking this question, what would Jesus do? How may I walk in such a way as to walk in a way that Jesus would have walked? How would Jesus have handled this as the Son of Man? How would he have pleased the Father in the middle of this? And how many of you know Jesus went into tests? Over and over and over. And he always came out pure gold. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, written by a half-brother of Jesus who was late to the party. He didn't accept his ministry until his resurrection from the dead. But welcome to the crowd. That's us. We didn't come to Jesus' ministry until the affirmation of the resurrection from the dead. He's alive. And he says this, consider it pure joy. How many of you want to keep the tingle going? Eh? Not a bad ambition. Not a bad ambition. I'm going to encourage that. I'm going to seem irresponsible to some preachers. Some of you are saying, finally, pastor. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know, you know, you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work he who has begun a work in you will be faithful to complete it he who has given that work to beginning and you have felt that beginning with a witness of his spirit the tingle now wants to bring it to its completion perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete you know, God has much more in store for you and I than we even imagine. His level of maturity and completion, I will guarantee you one thing. His idea of maturity and completion is above my idea of maturity and completion for me. I am self-limiting by what I think is grand and great, and God says no, higher and more. Higher and more. That you may be Mature and complete, not lacking anything. The test began chewing at David as the spirit leaves Saul and jealousy takes his place. And Saul even throws a spear at him. You know, that's a test. The test continues as he finds himself with his men. Fleeing Saul and living like animals on the run. How many of you, when you get the tingle, think that I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right? David got the tingle, and he destroyed Goliath. 
And then for his trouble, a jealous man who is overtaken by the spirit of jealousy, no longer bathed in the presence of God, throws a spear at him trying to kill him. The test continues. He's reduced to being a wild animal on the run. And I've been down in that ter- territory of En That's the place of the goats. Because they're the only ones that can climb those hills and get around in there. The test, uh-oh, brought David to his own counsel. Have you ever been brought to your own counsel? How many of you know that your own counsel stinks? Well, I thought to myself, self, this is what we need to do. Uh, time out. Stop right there. Because very often in the test, self wants to quit, throw in the towel, compromise, back off, reduce the pressure, reduce the temperature, somehow make a deal with the devil where we can go to heaven and still please God and yet not go through that opposition. And so here's David. Anytime it says in Scripture he thought to himself, circle that and just put the words, "Uh uh-oh. This is not going to be good. Anytime you say, you know what, I'm just going to have to do this. Let's make sure that that's bathed in prayer and fasting and that it springs from the Scriptures. This is what Jesus did. This is what the Word of God says. I've sought counsel from counselors and the pastor, people who are going after Jesus, and I'm hearing a voice that is common amongst them as bearing witness in my spirit. Yes, might even be giving me a tingle that this is what I need to do. But David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. Now what did God tell David? I'm going to put the kingdom in your hand. But what does David think? I'm against impossible odds. This is David that killed Goliath, by the way, with the hand of the Lord upon him. This is David of which they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. But David thought to himself, one of these days I'll be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. This is their worst enemy. Didn't he destroy Goliath of Gath? Now he goes to the very land of the people that he had opposed on the battlefield. That's pretty bad when your own counsel will take you to the enemy's camp. But it will every time. Because you're looking for some peace with your enemy. But first make peace with God. Amen? Don't start by making peace with your enemy. Walk in peace with God, and that peace of God will transcend your mind, your thoughts, your understanding, the tingle, and it will cause you to be at peace with your enemies. The test found David living in enemy territory and fighting against the mutual enemies of the Philistines and Israel. The test is as vital and necessary as the tingle. The test is a revealer of our hearts as we are tested in the choice between taking our counsel or the counsel of God. And the test often finds us feeling like a hero and leaves us feeling like a zero. It just knocks us down a peg. Wait a minute. I didn't. What's going on here? Everything was so good. And now this? 
that is when we meet a deeper aspect of grace. That's when we're now in a position to move from the tingle through the test to the what? Triumph. Everybody say triumph. And here's the triumph as we come to point three. The triumph is the grace revelation. It's the great grace reveal. God's divine power operating on our behalf in ministry. God's power is made evident when we are rendered weak and powerless and we come to humility. God's grace operates to bring His divine plan to fruition in us, which is our destiny. There is a destiny for us in Christ, but we have to move with the tingle through the test, hang on to both of those, and come to the triumph. So what's the triumph? Somebody said that motorcycles are mentioned in the scripture. The noise of David's triumph was heard throughout the land. Here's David's triumph. David was on the brink of being seen as a total and complete traitor by everybody in Israel. David was sent back to Ziklag, even though he volunteered to go to battle with the Philistines, they sent him back afraid that he would sell them out, and was on the brink of being stoned to death by his own men when Ziklag was burned and their women and children and goods were taken. David was at his last straw, reduced to a zero. If they're ready to take the guy who killed Goliath and stone him to death, how many of you know he's approximately zero? And here's what happens. David inquires of the Lord, encourages himself in the Lord, and he ends up destroying Israel's enemy, Amalek. He recovers everything they lost from Ziklag, plus all the plunder. How many of you like plunder? And avoided being in the battle that ended up killing Saul. In the middle of all that, what did God do? He still was leading and guiding David. He was still moving upon him. His grace was upon him. His anointing was on him. And even though his own counsel found him in this situation, you know what the Lord did? He shielded him from the consequences of his dumb decision. Isn't God good? Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. He destroys everything and stays out of the battle that killed Saul. What did his friends always tell him? Kill that guy. He hates you. He throws spears at you. He's envious of you. They sing songs that makes you ten times better than him. You're more the man that he ever dreamed of being and beyond. And David would say over and over and over, I will not put my hand against the Lord's anointed. The grace of God has been on him, so I'm not going to touch that. I have felt that grace on my own life. I have felt the tingle. Saul had it. I have gone through the test And Saul failed it. And I will not fail in the middle of the test by destroying this man who carried the anointing. So that brings us in for a landing. Tingles are wonderful. Can I just tell you as your pastor, enjoy them. Grab them. Try to make them last as long as possible. Just revel in them. Revel in the joy of the Lord. 
the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the newness of the gifts and the presence of God. Revel in that. Enjoy that. It's very much the joy of your salvation. And he tells us in Isaiah 12, they will continually draw from the well of their salvation with joy. I say, let's have the tingle. Amen? Let's be a tingly church. Let's be a tingly people. That tells us life is in the house. Life is in our home. Life is in our marriage. Life is in our family. Life is at our job because Jesus is with us. And he said, I would that you have life and more abundantly. We need to be a tingly people. When things that are dead come to life, we tingle. When things we thought were lost or found, we tingle. And that never should be part from our life. But we can't live there. We have to go through a test and realize it's vital and it's inevitable. Accept the test. Receive the test. Be encouraged by the test and go through the test. Amen? Go through the test and remember the tingles. Remember the grace of God. Remember the revelation. That will encourage you. Couples who go through difficulty, go back and remember the good days. Those will help you through the tough ones. And not only that, but say, there's some good days ahead that God, I'm trusting God for, and I can't even imagine what God has in mind for me, and I want to go through the test to get to the triumph and the testimony. And then the triumph is the consequence of successful testing. At the end of a test is what? A testimony. The battle is necessary in order to get to the triumph. It is the full realization of the down payment of the tingles. Don't you like that? Just think about this. Everything that God initiates in a person's life, he begins with tingles. Exciting. Wow. Woo. Wonderful. Love, exciting and new. Right? And then you hit the test. And you remember the tingles through the test, and you remember that God has something greater than those tingles. That was just the down payment. What could be the results of his grace? It's a full realization. So here's the question as we get ready to worship and the musicians come. Where are you in this process? Where are you and I in this process? We can't camp out in the tingles. We can't be an enemy of the tingles. We've got to go forward into the test are you in the test are you stuck in the test or you feel like somehow you failed the test like Saul press towards the next and if you're out of the cycle and sidetracked or you feel like you have blown it isn't there great news if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and what will he do he'll get us back on track the tingle of his recovery and his grace and the affirmation that we are his, are his, we belong to him. And I have great news for you. This, this is gospel good news. Now's the opportunity to get back in. Get back in sync. Get back in there. That heart which seems to be so cold, those embers which seem to have died, he can recover you and I. He can restore us to the joy of our salvation. He can intensify that heat and that fire within us. And he can do it by his grace, his grace, his grace that brings tingles, his grace that brings us through the test and his grace, which is made evident in our life and is the triumph 
of stepping into that test and remembering who is with us, who is guiding us, and who is revealing us himself every step of the way, his grace. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that a tingle? Isn't that a physical thing? Isn't that a, a we're made by our Creator? We can respond to Him. And He His grace is tangible. He's running after us. So wherever you are in there, feeling like you failed, you've been put to the side, God hasn't benched you. The enemy might try to convince you that you're out of the game, but that's not God's voice that you're hearing. Let me tell you once again what God is saying to you. I'm here to place grace upon you that you can feel and experience and bring joy to your spirit. It will engage you into the test that is inevitable, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way, and I have something in mind, and that is to take that grace that I've given you a down payment of and raise it to a whole new level. And that is when you get through the test. There's a refreshing. And here's the thing. There's a new tingle with triumph. Don't you know that the triumph that David experienced at Goliath was great? But you know what was even greater? To be crowned as king and establish a 40-year reign in Hebron and then Jerusalem. And to know that God who had committed himself to him was really there all the time. And though he had doubted it and struggled... God made sure that even his own counsel was thwarted in his life and he was able to avoid the consequences of that counsel. And God is so good. God is so good. You have not blown it so much that you can't be recovered. No way. That's a lie from the enemy. You can be recovered and you can get back in the game, wherever that is. Get back to the tingle. Go on through the test. Go on to the triumph. And let's go with God. Amen? Get tingly. Get testy, but not with us. With the enemy. And then let's get triumphant. And have a shout in the house about God's revival. Lord, we just honor your name. We glorify you. We praise you. It's all about you. It's about your grace. We couldn't do it without you. We'd be lost. We would stay a zero and never know what it's like to feel like a hero. But you want us to reflect your image and your grace. What a great and high calling. Lord, help us to step into it. You know right where we are and what we need today. Some of us need a tingle. Some of us need a strength to get through the test. And some of us need to remember what it's like to triumph and be in the game and to win. For the glory and the honor of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Go with grace and peace upon you. Four o'clock this afternoon, ladies' Bible study, men's Bible study. Have a great week with the tingle, the test, and the triumph.